like a chess. First, they're positioning the pieces, use this one signal to synchronize their efforts. And then what? Checkmate. To say that they've been riding around in flying saucers, it's crazy, Mulder. There is nothing to support that. From now on, you will have no identifying marks of any kind. You are no longer part of the system. We are the men in black. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. If you live through the 90s, then you'll understand just how popular UFOs and aliens were in a variety of hit TV shows and movies. And it was this exposure to UFO culture that inspired my guest today to report on UFO theories based on research released by governments and UFO communities. My name is Sam Breakgear and welcome to Brains Bite Back. Your podcast for all things relating to psychology, technology and our society. My guest today is Tim Hinchliffe, our editor, a friend of mine, and top dog here at The Sociable. He is a tech journalist reporting on how technology is being used by governments and citizens around the world, while also exploring unconventional topics such as UFOs, conspiracy theories, and ancient civilizations. In this episode, Hinchcliffe explains how he first became interested in UFOs, what it is like to report on such a mysterious subject from a strong journalistic standpoint, and bizarre theories such as the grandfather complex and why it could be important for UFO technology. Additionally, we also discuss ancient civilizations and their world famous structures. And during this part of the show, you will find out why Hinchcliffe doesn't believe the pyramids are tombs, but instead served another greater purpose for the living. What Christopher Dunn's Giza power plant theory could mean for ancient civilizations and an interesting feature that can be experienced in Mexico's Chichen Itza. Anything you want to add to this briefing, Captain Hiller? No, sir. I'm just a little anxious to get up there and whoop E.T.'s ass, that's all. If I Google you and nothing comes up, do you even exist? Well, maybe in the eyes of an existentialist like Descartes, but his digital footprint is still bigger than yours. If you're looking to maximize your business's online visibility, our sponsor Publicize can help. Publicize is a digital communication agency that has helped businesses like yours gain exposure in major online publications for the past decade, increasing your digital share of voice and boosting your SEO efforts. And for a limited time only, exclusive to Brains Bite Back listeners, you can receive an SEO assessment as part of your package for any tier of service at no extra charge with this special promotion. To find out more, visit publicize.co slash bbb. Well, Tim, I am sure that anyone that's listening to this and they are a fan of The Sociable will probably know who you are. But nonetheless, I think it would be great if you could tell our listeners exactly who you are and what it is you do here at The Sociable. Right. Well, as you said, my name is Tim. Thank you. Uh, Tim Hinchliffe. Uh, yeah, I'm the editor of The Sociable. So basically, I'm in charge of just about all of the editorial content on the publication. And uh, my focus, I tend to focus on emerging tech, military technology, psychedelics, and uh, big tech, um, you know, uh, regulations and that sort of thing. Yeah, I love it because like the stuff that you cover, I feel like I never usually touch upon. And so I feel that like I'm always on the peripheral of like the kind of stuff that you're talking about. But I love how passionate you are about it. And I love like the strength and knowledge that you you bring to the social with these ideas and today is a perfect example of that because it's a topic that you've spoken about a few times and you published a number of articles on and 
I am super interested to get into this is UFOs. So I'd love to know, first of all, when did you first become interested in UFOs and what started it? Well, I was probably in, in 1995, I was 10 years old. Um, and when I was a kid, I used to build plastic models. And I uh, came across one of a UFO and it was really big and it was really shiny. It was really cool. And I really liked it. But this this model kit, it had a whole booklet inside it um, from this researcher, a guy named uh, Bob Lazar. But people who are in the UFO community will know who he is. Uh, he, did, he claimed to have a Worked at area, I believe it was S4, uh, next near Area 51, and it, it just blew my mind away. I didn't know that there was all this stuff about uh, UFOs out there. And then coincidentally, like right around 1995, after you know I got the model, I got interested in, in what's the shiny thing. That's when I started getting into the X Files, the show, um, because that was really popular at the time, and there were reruns on the FX channel every night. So. I think I was watching X-Files at night and building the model during the day. And uh, I think that's what kicked it all off. Yeah, I have to say, I remember being a kid and watching X-Files occasionally, and I really did enjoy it. But I just remember being very young when I watched it. And I have to say, I think that I went through a similar sort of phase. I remember my stepfather had a book called The Unexplained, and I always used to read that. And it was huge, like a really thick, hardback book. And it was absolutely full of stories like these. And I, I do remember on one occasion, I read a story about an alien and I got freaked out. And I can't remember how young I was, but I told my mom that I was like, I can't sleep. I'm scared. And she was like, have you been reading that unexplained book again? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, I told you about that. Don't take it so seriously. I mean, it's just it's just a book. Yeah, for me, the, the 90s, um, you know, I was born in 1985. So just in the mid 90s, there was an a really cool time for this the, this topic because, like I said, uh, the X-Files were going on then. And then in 1996, I believe it was Independence Day, the movie came out. Um, and then the following year, Men in Black came out in 97, yeah. I believe it was. So, I mean, even though science fiction is an awesome thing, and I don't think I'd be really that interested in writing about tech if science fiction hadn't existed. Um, yeah. It provides a lot of inspiration for me, but I never really necessarily equated the two, you know, like the UFO phenomenon thing with science fiction. Like to me, like UFO stuff was like looking at government things, you know, like all this secret uh, black budget stuff, but it wasn't anything like, like in the realm of science fiction that I put the two together in my mind. There were kind of two separate things, but you know, there were aliens and there were flying things. So it was all cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely cool. So I really want to get into it with uh, a recent article that you published on The Sociable titled Origins of UFO Technology Theories, Secret Space Programs, ETs and Time Traveling Humans. And you stated that there are numerous theories relating to UFOs, but you believe one of the three following theories to be a most, most likely the most reasonable and most rational explanation. So you stated UFO technology comes from black budget secret space programs that most in government aren't privy to. UFO technology comes from extraterrestrials from the past and or present. And finally, UFO technology comes from time traveling humans from the future. Can you expand on each of these possible outcomes and explain why you believe these to be the most likely explanations? Sure. I mean, first of all, you know, I don't know everything about the subject and I don't have insider information, direct insider information on any of it. So, I mean, there, there's plenty of other 
theories out there that could be plausible, but uh, these are the ones that I've seen that they could overlap each other as well. So one thing I don't rule out, I don't rule out the possibility of extraterrestrials. Um, I don't rule out the possibility of time traveling humans or time traveling ETs. I don't rule out the possibility of, you know, uh, the secret space programs either being completely government or or maybe even with influence from from out there as well. It's just a way that I see that these all kind of make sense in a way. So the, the three are secret space programs, mm-hmm. ETs, mm-hmm. or time travelers. So I think the three of them can overlap. So with the secret space program stuff, there's many in the UFO community. You know, they've been saying this for a long time, that, uh, you know, government cover-ups, but also stuff that most people in the government aren't privy to so mm-hmm. like that's called that's um compartmentalization it's compartmentalized so like i think even you know re- researchers who say that they've worked on recovered alien craft or something like they say that they're only given a specific task to work on mm-hmm. they're not told any context about it and so they just work on that and then you know they have just teams everywhere uh, working on on these little projects and they all build towards something uh, bigger Mm-hmm. And then the the secret space program stuff. I mean, that can expand out depending on who you listen to. Um, you know, some people, you know, look at government documents. You know, declassified ones. They do FOIA requests. Um, they do a lot of hard work looking through the paperwork. And then mm-hmm. there's other people in the community who claimed, who claim to either be part of secret space programs or people who talk to those people. And then it gets a lot crazier because then you talk about um, that that extraterrestrials could have been here for, you know, thousands of years, um, that they could have been helping or hindering humanity, that there could be bases on the moon and Mars and that sort of thing. So it's pretty crazy. And then when we get into time traveling, that seems to be a narrative that's being more popular. So when I say, when I looked at it and I try to look at it from like a rational point of view, if you can even say that, you know, the way that technology is going, especially with quantum technologies, I have no idea how they work. I'm trying to study as much as I can, but I, I keep getting lost. But then just the, the the thought of entanglement and faster than light communications and the way that, you know, if you apply this technology or different technologies like warp drives to actual craft as a means of propulsion, there seems to be a space-time bending element to it but as far as actual time travel goes i don't know how it works um i've heard a lot of interesting theories um especially a really weird one about the uh the grandfather clause and the butterfly effect are you familiar with those no i haven't enlightened me (laughs) so i was listening to uh one of these influencers on ufos uh, a couple weeks ago and and uh, what they were saying is that, okay, so the grandfather claw, uh, paradox is if someone from now, present, could go into the past and kill their grandfather, thus they wouldn't be born, you know, what kind of, wouldn't that create a paradox for the future? And what would happen if, and then the butterfly effect is that, is that you know, if one little tiny change, one little action happens, like a butterfly flapping its wings, it can uh, create a tsunami on the other side world or something so like little things add up over time Uh but what they were saying with this butterfly effect and this uh grandfather paradox was that they they claimed that somebody actually tried it and 
you know, this is stuff, you know, it's stuff, you know, I'm not completely believing in it, but it's just an interesting thing to, to, to hear about. And they said that this person did that, went in the past, killed their father, and then came back to the timeline that they were in, in the future. But then like a day later, they were hit by a bus or something. So the, the, the idea there is that nature is intelligent somehow, or, you know, timelines aren't fixed, but time is a part of space as well. So that when something happens, uh, nature kind of fixes itself, balances itself out the way it should be. Um, I don't know how it works, but it, it was a really interesting thing to, to hear. Yeah, I've, I, I know about the butterfly effect, but the, the grandfather paradox, I've, I've never really thought about that. I think of all the explanations here, for me, like if I was to put my money on it, I mean, like the time travel ones are possible, but I kind of feel like I know the government's doing sneaky stuff. I, I, my money's on the black budget secret space programs. And also, like, I'm a strong believer of, um, do you know, like Occam's razor? It's supposedly like a principle that like the the simplest solution is often the correct one. Um, so for me, like I'm almost always like gravitating towards like the the. I don't want to say the simplest, but like the clearest or most basic answer. And I have no doubt that the government is doing like shady stuff without us knowing about it and in the shadows. You know, it, it's, a, it's a subject that's so nobody claims to know about. No government claims to have the technology, you know, and anyone else coming forward saying they're an insider. Well, you know, I haven't I haven't personally seen documentation on, you know, the, the actual existence of you know the extraterrestrials or you know so it's they, they just say that there's some unknown stuff and so for me journalistically speaking you know when i'm writing what i look for what what i consider is that okay if the you know the pentagon says the UFOs, uap unidentified aerial phenomena is real um you know the navy said it was real um i think the japanese government just started getting more into uh, inquiries about it the senate is getting into inquiries about it. you know they in the fiscal year 2021 um budget for oh man i forgot what it was called but they they, they want updates on uh, uh ufo reports and, and all that so they're real they're saying they're real but uh nobody's admitting to having the technology mm. so that that's to me you know it all right it's there these things are real but no one's admitting where, where they come from so it, it's uh it's still a big mystery yeah, yeah i don't know yeah, yeah so that that's why it's like yeah ra you know more rationally if i just think about you know what's going on you know governments are shady sneaky secretive so yeah of course but at the same time it it doesn't rule out the possibility of being out of this world so no. it's it just you know when, I, when, when i'm reporting on it it's i try to like what are the actual facts you know, of the matter that, that Air Force Navy pilots are seeing these things, they're being reported. The government is really serious about them because the government sees it more as a, a threat, or they could be a potential threat. And so, you know, there's like maybe they come from China or Russia or something like that. Yeah. And so it's just, just trying to work through it logically. But there are so many tangents to go off of, um, and the and the community is is so divided on different things that it's 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 hard to. Well, you just it's you can't pin anything down without definitive proof yeah for sure and i appreciate that it's a topic which is kind of like esoteric in a way and also kind of very mysterious and elusive and from working with you i know that you're a very dedicated journalist and you take a fantastic kind of approach to to your journalistic um endeavors so 
taking that kind of approach to a topic which is so mysterious it's, it's a complicated job but i i can see that you're passionate about it in your writing and it's yeah. also thanks <laughs> it's also you know it's just like what you can do with this technology like if it is so like trying to work through it logically if it is something if it is human if it is from you know our own government or 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 maybe corporations or a combination or i don't know then this type of technology i mean it would revolutionize what could what else could you do with it i mean could this end wars poverty or at least improve transportation yeah. you know if, if they can go so fast you know if they could bend space time and stuff like that if they could teleport you know we could like go anywhere you know in the in a, in a, in a second yeah. um that would be uh pretty 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 interesting <laughs> yeah no that would definitely be something that i'd be on board with but I was I was going to move on to another point, which I know that you're super fascinated by um, moving away from UFOs slightly is ancient civilizations such as those found in Egypt, South America and Central America. And I know you like them because of the incredible structures associated with these civilizations like the pyramids, for example. Uh, I'd be interested to know or to hear your thoughts regarding how these structures were created, in your opinion. Very good question. Well, first of all, when it comes to the ones in Egypt. I don't think anybody knows, uh, can say for sure how they were built. Um, th those ones are the, the the more older ones than in uh, Mesoamerica, Central America, and that in the New World, the so-called New World. But the the ones in Egypt, first of all, I don't believe there were tombs at all. The more likely scenario to me is that the pyramids were kind of uh, machines in a way. Mm -hmm. And I think they were placed along a grid on the earth that is where there were some sorts of nodes of energy i don't know how it works or what kind of energy that is like the earth's natural energy or something like that but there was an author christopher dunn who came up uh with the giza power plant theory and he theorized that the pyramids were actually you know if you look at the the shafts and how there there's aquifers of water below them he's he said there's a mixing I don't want to misquote him, but I think it was where they mix hydrogen in these things in order to create some type of vibrational um, electricity thing. That's one theory. Um, and, and the whole idea was about raising consciousness. Another theory, which I like from, and, that, and it's more esoteric, more kind of spiritual in nature, is from Egyptian wisdom keeper, Abdul Hakim Awan. I think his name was. He, uh, I think he passed away a couple of years ago, but his son is doing great work in Egypt. And the pyramids were, well, each, each of them are different sizes. Um, and there's also step pyramids, bent pyramids, all different kinds of shapes of them. And what they are, are actually tuned. So they heal through some type of acoustic resonance. So if you've ever, I don't know if you ever heard of binaural beats or anything yeah. like that is when, when you, uh, you have one frequency, you have some headphones on and there's a frequency in one ear on one side and a different one on the other side and your brain goes through some kind of entrainment so it tries to balance out those two different frequencies and it mm -hmm. causes a change in, in uh, consciousness so for to, for me for the uses of the pyramids that's one possibility is it's something to heal so if like you had an illness you'd go into a certain pyramid and you lay down in the, in the sarcophagi what they call the sarcophagus which i don't think it was for dead people at all i think it was healing chambers i think is what it was is for healing but then also you know in egypt you had all these temples around the the pyramids as well 
And I think it was a part of um, some type of uh, uh, initiation into the mysteries. And it was about um, learning about the processes, the cycles of life and death and rebirth. And then you go through the temples, you go through the, the pyramid and have this um, awakening and consciousness, so to speak. But going back to your original question, because I never did answer it, how they were built. <laughs> I don't know. But there was an, also another really interesting thing that came from this series of books called the Law of One. The Law of One books were, it's psychic channeling, basically. So some people in the 1980s were doing psychic channeling and they claimed to have come across this entity that was speaking to them, they recorded everything. So the, the person, this, this medium, mm -hmm. she was laying there and then she would go into a trance or whatever, or just some deep meditation or, or everyone had the good vibes going on and then all of a sudden be contacted by this being. And this being called itself Ra. Okay. And so Ra, you know, that's a very Egyptian thing. But Ra claimed that, well, first of all, Ra says that it is a social memory complex, which means uh, from the planet Venus from two billion years ago. So Ra claims that two billion years ago, I think it was two billion years ago, that the entire population of Venus had reached a point where everyone was connected spiritually and in harmony and then ascended to some other level of consciousness and became a social memory complex known as Ra. And so when Ra speaks, it's coming from like the entire collective consciousness of Venus. And they said, Ra said about the pyramids in Egypt that it was manifested in another dimension, another density. So it was built by thought because in other dimensions, other densities, thoughts become real. And then they manifested it here that way in what they call the third density, which is our everyday reality. That's the th that's what came through that. I don't necessarily believe it. I take all it's you know all this stuff with ancient civilizations with UFOs. I listen to, I read everything, and since none of it can be proven, <laughs> it's like all right, well that's interesting, that's interesting, that's interesting. I'll consider it. Yeah. But I don't make any. Uh, but, you know, I don't uh, base my life around it. I don't make any decisions based on it. Um, I just kind of, I'm aware of that. I think that's the best approach to take because there's so much out there as well. I think if you were to consume all of it with the belief that it's all real, you just like fry your brain. Right. And But the thing is with, with the Egyptian ones as well, though, is that the Egyptian civilization, I don't think that the pyramids are even, or even going back to the Sphinx, because that, I think that's, that's even way older. Uh, that's what Dr. Robert Schock, uh, author John Anthony West, wrote about at graham hancock wrote about it as well that the weathering on the sphinx is not from all wind and sand erosion but water erosion from heavy rains and there hasn't been any heavy rains on the giza plateau since well thousands of years before the egyptologists say it was there so the, the weird thing about egypt is that it's the oldest stuff is the most advanced it's the most developed Everything mm. else in Egypt uh, that that followed is a degradation from what it originally started. It was a legacy to begin with, so that means the uh, the whole ancient alien crowd will say it was aliens. But then there's others like the researcher and author, Fingerprints of the Gods, um, Graham Hancock, who believes in a lost civilization that was on Earth before you know it could be before the flood or, or way back in antiquity and this could have to do with things of atlantis and all that but there was an advanced civilization so could be human 
it's kind of like the UFO thing. Is it human or is it ET? Mm. I don't know. Um, but it, it, the, both explanations are uh, fascinating to me. Yeah. And I, I've never been to the pyramids. Have you been to any of these ancient civilizations or any, seen any of these structures in real life? No. Um, no, I've only been to, where have I been? I've been to Machu Picchu, but that's not, uh, that's definitely not on the scale. Yeah. I yeah I haven't either. I mean, the only ones I've been to are those in Mexico and Guatemala. I've been to like uh, I think it's Teotihuacan and um, Chichen Itza. And I got to say, I was going back to the design that we mentioned earlier. One of the things that really surprised me, which I really liked about it, is that if you clap near Chichen Itza, you can hear the echo. And it's so bizarre because usually when you hear an echo, you're in somewhere, like you're in a room or a hallway or you're inside, but to be outside, like almost in a field, and then just to clap, and then you can hear like an echo as a result of like the structure. Oh, I think that's, it was just yeah. one of the weirdest experiences. And I remember watching a TV show, which I love, um, called Idiot Abroad, which is um, from the UK. And this guy, Carl Pilkington, he's not impressed by anything, and he's very grumpy, but he did it, and he clapped, and he was like really taken aback by it. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing. That for me is like insane. I love that show. Yeah, it's a good one. And Pilkington, yeah, yeah he's a great subject to, to, to watch. And, you know, that, that just made me um, remember, um, thanks, uh, about the, the clapping, because um, I mentioned that I haven't been to any place, you know, really ancient. I, I mentioned Machu Picchu, but there are tons of places. Which I actually think Machu Picchu, when I was there, I saw the, the uh, stone, the construction of it. And to me, it looked like that Machu Picchu was built uh, at different times. I mean, there was construction going on way back when. And then more modern stuff, and that's another thing going on in um, in Peru as well. Um, and I, I uh, interviewed for the Sociable quite a while back. I interviewed um, Brian Forster. He was on Ancient Aliens, and he's one of the as far as uh, research into ancient uh, cultures in uh, in Peru. I think he's the most knowledgeable gringo out there. But just going down the streets of Cusco or going up to Sacsayhuaman, the huge megaliths there and how they cut those stones and how they fit them together. You know, that's to me, I don't think that's Inca at all. I think that's that, that's pre-Inca. That's a civilization of its own that that nobody wants, that nobody knows what it is for sure. Mm-hmm. And when you mentioned the, the res, again, going back to the clapping thing, um, I went to the, the Cori Cancha in, in Cusco and, and, and there's other sites as well where they have these it looks like they're windows, but there's nothing in them. I mean, they're 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 stone. They're, they're, you can't see through them. <laughs> it's it's just like a window. It's a cutout. Yeah. And you know, and there's different acoustics that that go on there as well. So I think, you know, vibration, spin, frequency. I think those are uh, some of the building blocks of of the universe. And I think that it it does have an effect on consciousness. You know, on DNA, even in matter. Um, so the the the, uh, the acoustic part of it is something really interesting to me. Yeah, it's an awesome aspect of the design, and I would love to jump right back into UFOs real quick just before we end the show. You focus on a lot on government research and activity. What are your beliefs regarding government research into alien life, and how much do you think they're keeping from us? And then again, what do you think it would take for governments to release this info? Okay, so disclosure is a major topic in the UFO community. So there are those that believe that that the government, or at least faction of the government, 
when you look at it, like, if you talk about the government as in like use the U.S. government, for example, you know, if you just think about it as Congress, you know, politicians and things like that, I, they're clueless. So it's like who in the government would actually mm. know, you know, and if it's all off the books, you know, are they actually, you know, they're kind of running wild, you know, uh, doing their own thing. So reining that in the difficult but um i'm sorry what was the initial question again um yeah sure so the initial question is like uh, what are your beliefs regarding government's research into alien life like how much do you think they're keeping from us like what do you think they know like obviously we've mentioned before early in the show you said about there's people that have mentioned that they've worked on uh, alien crash sites and maybe people are doing specific jobs but they're all kind of like divided so they're not like holistically working on a project together. Those are obviously some some beliefs which you or possibilities that you mentioned. I'd love to hear like to what extent you think that say for example, uh, like uh, what's going on at Area Fifty One or or if there's some other kind of base or maybe if like Area Fifty One is just a distraction or something like that. Yeah, that's the most popular one. There's Area 51 and then there's Area S4 close by. But then there's also underground, deep underground military bases. Dumb as an acronym and i think those those are you know, all over the world so i think there's governments that's another thing too so i think it's like a whole governments around the world it's not just one government i think they they all have some knowledge i think some of them if there are alien craft i think they've been trying to re reverse engineer that maybe maybe the craft wasn't even alien at all maybe it was us from the future you know <laughs> but i any but at any rate somebody knows if if it's human, somebody knows. If it's alien, I think there would there would have been contact as well, and so somebody knows. the The problem is how do you bring this out to the population because that could up in belief systems. You know that that questions some people's faiths. It could cause massive unrest. If there were, um, well, I don't know. In twenty twenty, this year's surprise. What, what I see is there's a lot of drip drip disclosure going on. So like. And the they announced you know UFOs are real like that should have been, that was huge you know like they're actually admitting that they don't know what they are or they're saying they don't know what they are they're not admitting to knowing it what it is so the the, the narratives then is you know if if you're a government or multiple governments or some secret cabal trying to control the world and pull the strings that way um, how do you disclose that information to to the people. Um, if you only give them little snippets at a time, you know, and also through what, what they call, I think, is it uh, pre-programmation, pre-programming uh, through Hollywood and, and things like that. So like desensitizing people or getting them used to the idea that there are aliens. And then so when that day comes, if they're going to announce, oh, yeah, aliens are here and oh, they're really benevolent. But it could be just a group of people saying that to further their own agendas. So they could say like, oh yeah, so this this person or this alien here, this 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 one comes from this this area, this part of Zeta Reticuli or or, or Orion or something like that, and uh, they're super nice and uh, they're gonna look over us now. They're gonna rule us, you know. Like, but it really, but really, it's gonna be that the people behind them, you know, they're, they're gonna set up someone as the savior of humankind. But no, it's really a, a psyop to gain more control, push for a world government or something like that. So there's people who just want, give us everything right now. Just give us the technology, give us the knowledge, give us our history back, you know, stop lying. Tell us the truth. You know, who are we? Where do we come from? Do we have, you know, other others? Do we have cousins out there? You know, or maybe there's a whole other thing about breakaway civilizations as well. Like that, that, um, that a long time ago that some humans broke away to, to Mars or something like that. 
or, or even under under in deep underground caverns in the earth as well they evolved in a different way under there so they appear alien but they're actually a form of human as well so man it just goes into so many different areas but if it's the government i don't know i think the government knows a lot but if you the, the trouble is is pinning down what is the government yeah. you know it's not the the legislators it's not maybe it's a little bit of military involvement maybe it's a little bit of the intelligence community but i think there's i think there's something else another element to it another agency or a corporation or a group or something that's completely secretive that i, I just don't know about I think you're completely right. I agree with you entirely. And it's kind of one of those things which I try not to think about too much because it's frustrating, not probably not ever knowing the whole truth. Uh, I'll leave this to you and your research. And now this is usually the point where I direct the listeners to maybe a website or a page or social media of the guest. However, obviously, we're all under the sociable. So I suppose the best thing to do is do you have uh, any articles specifically which you produced? or which other people have produced, which you'd like to direct listeners to if they're interested in learning more about this subject? Oh, man. I mean, there's, okay, I'll try to make it quick. I mean, there's so many different researchers out there. Um, they're the ones, I like Vault and The Drive for looking at, for websites that look at kind of like documentation. Um, you know, they these people do really hard work. They sift, they, they go, they spend hours, you know, they go through FOIA requests. They have to wait years to get documents back so they they do great work there's another whole other side that's also divided and the people who claim to be part of the secret space programs i, I don't want to mention who they are i mean there's just so much animosity between camps that you know if you want to look it up just look up secret space programs and stuff but as for the sociable yeah the, the article you mentioned the last one i just did on the the, the theories on um the origins of UFO technology. And in that article, I also linked to a bunch of um, other um, articles I've written on the subject, like uh, the theoretical space bending time, the, the space time bending tech of UFOs. And um, when the Pentagon confirmed the existence of UFOs, it, it meant that there's stuff out there that nobody admits having. So I think I've linked all of those in the, the, the last article as well. So yeah, just check it out. Or just go to Sociable and search for UFO. Awesome. Tim, thank you so much for today. Hey, my pleasure, Sam. Once again, thank you to our sponsor, Publicize. Visit their website if you want to find out more about their PR for growth packages, their free resources, or even schedule a call. And for a limited time only, exclusive to Brains Bite Back listeners, you can receive an SEO assessment as part of your package for any tier of service at no extra charge with this special promotion. To find out more, visit publicize.co slash BBB. That is it for today's show. Thank you so much for joining us. And as ever, you can find all of our episodes and more, and Tim's articles for that matter, at sociable.co. You can also follow our podcast on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. And after a brief break, we are back on YouTube, so you can subscribe to us there. Just search Brains Bite Back and you will find us. And don't forget to leave comments on the videos, reviews on our podcasting platforms, and reach out to us on Twitter because we want to hear from you and we want to hear what you think of the show. So be sociable. Thanks and we look forward to you joining us again soon. <laughs>